What is up, bosses? Since most of you are entrepreneurs out there, you probably recognize this sound. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is our newest sponsor here at Invest Like a Boss. They're a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like myself or even Sam and Johnny, all three of us have used Shopify at some point for one of our businesses. They can customize all your needs, give you a great-looking online store that brings your ideas to life, and they even have tools to manage your day-to-day and drive sales. Make your idea real with endless possibilities. I'm going to tell you all about Shopify during the break, but if you want to get a head start, just head over to shopify.com slash iLab. Now, this is important. The I-L-A-B, make sure it's all lowercase, and you'll get a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. You can start selling on Shopify today. You just got to go to shopify.com slash I-L-A-B. That's shopify.com slash I-L-A-B. Like I said, I'll tell you more in a few minutes, but let's get this episode started. Welcome to the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm Sam Marks. And I'm Johnny FD. We're self-made entrepreneurs who invest our own money and use modern technology to invest like a boss. Join us each week for exclusive interviews with our network of modern investors, business owners, and multimillionaires to discover new ways to invest our hard-earned cash. What's up, bosses? Another episode of Invest Like a Boss. This is episode 242. I'm Derek Sparts here in Los Angeles for now, about to head out on a little adventure, which I think we'll be talking in this episode. Sam Marks, I got you on the other end. We almost caught each other in the US, but I think you're back in Barcelona. We didn't almost catch each other. That's a five-hour flight, Derek, and I wasn't even considering coming out to the West Coast. West is best. (laughs) Dude, I had the funniest like week in South Carolina. You remember? When, I mean, remember when I bought this house? Like you can remember in the episodes when I bought the house, right? I can because you're like, oh, I got a, I got a house in South Carolina. I'm thinking in my head, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, Charleston. Yeah. Like that sounds awesome. <laughs> and then you told me where it actually is. And I was raving about it. I'm like, this is the greatest place ever. It's going to become like the spot. And I'm so comfortable here. All that was true because it turned out that was like the greatest place to be during COVID because it was totally untaught like unchanged right it was like you have a golf cart golf course was open you have a lake you're out on the boats there was no covid in the community for like until like several months ago right and even and then you're not in like close quarters with anyone so yeah exactly people, whatever people, yeah. People, were, people were still having house parties and stuff and when i say people are having house parties this isn't like frat parties this is like <laughs> senior Afternoon citizens southern like tea. Tea, tea, <laughs> maybe a glass of wine if we want to get carried away <laughs> but it was it turned out to be a great place during covid and i just went back and I was like, what am I doing here? You had to, you had to send so- cookies over to the HOA manager so they didn't yeah. worry about your mailbox being three inches too high. <laughs> yeah, the, the, stuff like that starting to happen. But what I really kicked in was I had a buddy that came up for um, basically like 24 hours. 
and the community published a like a member like a, a residence guide you know oh, hell no i'm already out and so, <laughs> so and, and he's flicking like within 10 minutes of him walking in my house he finds this resident guide which was like in a drawer and he starts flicking through it he just starts cracking up it's like everyone is 85 years old you know it's like these the photos of the the wife behind the guy with their hands on his shoulder yeah. and the both smiling the prom pose <laughs> and, and every single page is like this like like 30 pages of cup of like 80 year old couples and then it's just a photo of me like, <laughs> they got like a direct, a, you gotta take pictures like everyone yeah. has like meet your and neighbors every, yeah it's like a school it's like a school book right oh what no is it called? school book <laughs> you're and book. every yeah. A yearbook and everyone's photos exactly the same except mine because you had to be you were supposed to be in the community to take the photos on the photo day you know sure but i was out of town so i had to mail i had to just email my photo of me so every here's my is, picture from machu yeah. picchu you yeah, exactly. <laughs> was so funny man i got crack cracks up so that no, was a good week um, it was good to be back in the u.s man i have to say like um it is cool uh you know Oh, it's, it's, it's fun being back, like having the banter and, uh, the, the American hustle and I don't know, it's fun. I, I, I like the USA. I know we kind of dog it a lot for different reasons. Like it's easy, easy to do it. Like watching the theater play out on TV, but, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. And this was the first time I was like, man, maybe I will move back to the States for kind of like an extended, extended stay in the future. So Good times. There's, there's so many different experiences in the United States. So like you could have that, that South Carolina, the HOA, everything proper, and you got to stick to a certain, whatever it is, rules and all that stuff. And then you could have mm-hmm. lawlessness like I have in the middle of Los Angeles and chaos right. all the time. <laughs> so you can get a little bit of everything, no matter where you go. Um, I'm actually heading out tomorrow. I'm going on a quick little road trip to uh, Zion national park out in uh, Utah. Oh, nice so i've never been i'm excited to go it looks pretty awesome um and then i'm not either that's like one of the these spots in the u.s i'm like i want to go just do a rv trip camping trip through or something yeah so i'm just doing a couple days um and then i'm going to circle back to vegas which you got you bosses will find out soon in a couple weeks got a couple episodes that i'm going to do live in vegas do some video stuff do a little Mm -hmm. extra bonus content for you guys patreons you will get that access first so if you're an iLab patreon you just head over to investlikeaboss.com click become a patreon you guys can check it out uh gonna talk to boxable sam's investment in winner winner which he just sent me a pretty sweet update on that um they got some cool stuff going on too and more check that out in iLab patreon sam that's like a boss is getting on the road yeah road trip i love it. it man i love I, it i gotta get a little adventure in my life um because speaking to today's guests, it kind of, it really reminded me of that. Uh, who are we talking to today, Sam? We got John Rios, Mr. Primal Virtues. Uh, John's a, a great guy I've gotten to know over the last year. He's actually a therapist, and that's how I got to know him. But I first read his book, um, Primal Virtues. I loved it. And I started speaking to him during uh, COVID, kind of as a, a life coach. And I've been speaking to him for a long time, um, just you know, guy that's a, a book of wisdom, but has been very helpful in a lot of ways. And what I thought would be cool for this episode, man, like when I read his book, I was like, damn, this is some sound advice. You know, it's, it's hard to get, it's hard to get life mentorship these days. A lot of the, like the life coaches that are out there, they're like 24 years old and they're like nomads. <laughs> like, how the fuck are you going to help me, dude? Like, you know, what experiences you have? 
that it's, are, it's, are super it's, relevant. I, I respect their ego, though, that they think at 24 yeah. they can be life coaches and give guidance. And you know what? At 24, I probably thought the same thing. True. And I, I have to say, like, I've never hired a life coach, so I'm not knocking it because I haven't actually used one. But what I see is like all these life coaches are like 23 year old digital nomads that are using a life. I've developed a life coaching uh, trade so that they can continue being like a digital nomad and stuff. So I don't know. That just seems faulty in so many ways. Um, but um, yeah, you'll see this episode. We're going to talk about some of the insights that John's got from being a, a psychotherapist for so many years. Uh, and he's done a lot, he's done a lot of his, um, uh, reading and digging just on the, like the history of, of humans, you know, in the, in the past and how we've developed. And he's, we're going to talk about three primal virtues or primal instincts, um, that you gotta, you gotta stick with. And if you don't stick with them, you get slapped by nature. Um, also talking about adventure, stay tuned. Cause in the, in the exit commentary, I have a great idea for a future iLab meetup. Well, why don't we get right into it? Because I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of stuff for you and I to talk about in the outro, because I'm really interested in all the, all this stuff as well. And I think it's going to carry back to some of our conversation about the U S and how society has transitioned to today's world as well. So I think that's going to apply to a lot of the stuff that Jonathan says. So let's just jump right into it. Here's Sam. He's going to interview Jonathan Rios. His book is called primal virtues for the modern man. Check it out on invest like a boss. This week's sponsor of Invest Like a Boss is Shopify. Shopify is more than a store. You can connect with your customers, drive sales, manage your day-to-day, and Shopify accepts all major payment methods. They have thousands of integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to accounting to advanced chatbots and so much more. You can join the over 2 million entrepreneurs that are on Shopify making sales every 28 seconds. In fact, there's another one. So like I said, Sam, Johnny, and myself have all personally used Shopify. It's so easy to get started. You can supercharge your knowledge, your sales, and your success. And to help you with that success, you're going to get 14 days free and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. All you got to do is go to shopify.com slash iLab. That's shopify.com slash I-L-A-B. Make sure that iLab is all lowercase. You can start selling on Shopify today. One more time, you just got to go to shopify.com slash iLab. Get your free 14-day trial. John Rios, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Are you ready to get primal? (laughs) I'm always ready, man. I'm always ready. (laughs) I think for some reason when, when... Brady and I first heard that word together for the listeners. Brady's a, a good friend of mine that introduced me to John going back about a year ago. And uh, actually, the, the way I got introduced to you is he sent me your book. He shipped oh, the cool. book to me at my house. Um, and then I was like, oh, that book was killer. Like, I want to talk to that guy. And uh, for some reason, the word primal just just resonated with us. And that's like our little inside joke. Whenever whenever we're talking to each other, we're like, getting primal? Oh, yeah, I'm getting primal. <laughs> It's good, man. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, Brady's a funny dude. So, so you just got back from a, a retreat out in Wyoming. 
I did. Yeah, it was awesome. It's about a week long. Yeah, can you, that, I think that'd be a good way to open the show, just talking about that and kind of how you got into it. Yeah, that actually isn't. Um, I didn't have anything to do with facilitating that. That was more. It's a. It's a. It's called the Refuge Foundation. Mm-hmm. They work. They, I think they tend to work with a lot of people that are in the help people helping business, and it's just a place to go to just check out, rest, sleep, get fed, hike some mountains. They they just kind of wait on you hand and foot. You right. You go horseback riding. You're you're right on a river. Uh, it's a mount. It's a mountain lodge in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming. It took about. We landed in Denver and took a shuttle four and a half hours outside of Denver in deep into Wyoming. Oof. I was there a whole week just to sleep, rest, and um, get my best friend went. So w- that was awesome. So yeah, man, it was really just a kind of recovery, restore, retreat. Man, that sounds that sounds awesome. I think there needs yeah, to I've be never done a anything lot. like it. Yeah, was it was it like a fixed agenda or was it pretty lax? Nope. No agenda. I mean, there's like, you know, there's these times for breakfast, these times for lunch. And at dinner, we would do like a, like a check-in mm-hmm. kind of, Hey, uh, what, you know, what do you need right now? Or what, what burdens are you carrying right now? And, and yeah. it got, it got pretty, pretty raw, pretty vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. so a lot, there were a lot of recording artists there on this trip. A lot of there's a movie producer. <laughs> Funny enough. Did you ever see Talladega nights? Yeah. All right. Do you remember the spider monkey kid? Uh-huh that actor was at this, uh, this retreat. So he, he's, and, uh, he's and still acts. He, and what, what burden was he carrying? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the burden of childhood stardom, stardom. Yeah. Um, but no, he actually was in a recent film with Tom Hanks called Greyhound or something like that. But anyway, it's right. just a funny mix of yeah. people, man. And he, all, all good dudes just trying to kind of breathe a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I recently got super f- fascinated with psychology and and therapy um just through kind of trying to understand how my own damn brain works (laughs) but how did you get into the field like what 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 drove you into the field and into the profession uh well it's not a sexy uh background i Mm -hmm. i was in doing my undergrad at military academy Mm -hmm. and i was i was you know like like most high school kids you just kind of pick a pick a degree and I was in the business, I was on the business track and I hated business math. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this sucks. And then I saw psychology and I actually went to a couple of classes and I, and I was intrigued. Yeah. Um, and so it initially it was running away from business math, mm-hmm. but then it turned into <laughs> an actual interest and got my undergrad in psychology, took a seven year hiatus, traveled, played ball overseas um, and then went back to get my, my master's, um, over the years learning that I enjoyed working with adverse, mm-hmm. um, communities. I mean, I worked in foster care. I worked with, I worked in specialized schools, kids with autism, kids with down syndrome. I worked, I've been in prisons. I've worked, uh, in treatment centers. Um, so I was just like helping the down and out, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how how my path kind of started to come together. Yeah. And tell us, tell us just as for context, some of the, the, you've written one, you've written and published one book or, and then you're working on a second or. I've yeah, written, published one. I've got two others down the pipeline. Um, but, uh, you know, just taking things astride. stride. <laughs> I've got private practice, four kids, a wife, yeah. a puppy. Uh, <laughs> 
and, and two other programs that I launch. Um, so I'm still just trying to juggle that stuff and not drop the ball, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, I always am thinking like when I'm, when I'm talking to you or in, in, in some cases I've spoken to other therapists, I'm just like, man, I would love to have all the insights. And sometimes I, when I'm listening to like Jordan Peterson talk as well, I'm like, yeah. uh, I know Carl Jung, like all these guys that have talked to so many people over the course of their lives and the mm-hmm. insights that you could draw on that, it would uh-huh. be, it'd be pretty profound. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm always, I'm always like trying to get clued into like, what, what have you found out about human nature that the rest of us don't know? Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm interested to hear, like, if you have any kind of insights and, you know, the, I think a lot of um, your approach and why I, like I've appreciated talking to you so much is like, it, it, you kind of blend both traditional psychotherapy along with like coaching along with just like big brother, like slap on the back, like, come on, man, you know? And I think that's, Uh that's a pretty unique approach. And that's, that's certainly what's, what's resonated with me and kind of, kind of helped me because I've spoken with other therapists, you know, it's just kind of a lot of like, well, how does that make you feel? And like, you know, all that stuff's Uh good, but at some point you kind of, I think for, for guys, a lot of times you just kind of need to be smacked in the ass and be like, yo, you know, yeah. suck it up, you know, go out there and do X, Y, and Z practice this. And, um, right. so like, how, how did, how, how did that, how did you start incorporating kind of that approach when, or is that, is that kind of unique to who you're talking to as well? Yeah. Um, you know, man, I'm, I'm kind of a realist. So mm-hmm. I talk to people the way I want to be talked to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want fluff. I don't want you to beat around the bush with me. I don't want bullshit. I don't want, I want to go deep quick. Mm-hmm. I don't want, um, like, I don't need hype. I need real, you know? And I think the world is full is, uh, well, a lot of people are sick of hype. They want, just give me the straight facts, <laughs> give it to me straight. Tell me what you really think. Tell me what you mean. So that's, that's kind of my MO. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it is true when you, when you work in this profession, you basically get to hear people's secrets all day, you know, which is, which is a, a delicate thing. You know, people, I like, I just met with a woman yesterday who is in stage three breast cancer and she's, her mindset is fuck it. Like, what do I have to live for? And she, this past weekend, she went off the deep end, got drunk, went and slept with some random guy. And she's just trying to figure out, you know, is life worth fighting for? She's got a, she's got a seven-year-old kid. She's mm. single. She's, She's just trying to figure out life, man. And, and that's, that's a lot of people just like, well, fuck it. What do I, how, is there meaning? How do I make sense of this? And mm-hmm. so she's just kind of hearing her heart and hearing kind of where she's at. It's, it really does affect me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it makes you think about what matters and is, what's worth fighting for. And mm-hmm. so I would say like a couple, just a couple, a couple of the bigger overarching lessons that I continually see in mm-hmm. hearing people's secrets are, um, you, you should, you need to, we need to let people sit in their pain. A lot of times we try to swoop in and rescue people from pain. Mm-hmm. And I understand that because we're compassionate, you know, but pain is what teaches people, mm-hmm. you know, like you learn to not touch the hot stove by touching the hot stove, or you saw someone else touch the hot stove and you're mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to do that. Pain will teach us if we will learn, if we will be curious about our pain, it has, it often has a message for us. Mm-hmm. If you break your big toe, you should pay attention to the pain that's reverberating from the toe. It'll let you know to stop walking on your toe and get it checked out, mm-hmm. you know? 
So that's one. Don't rush out of pain. Just be curious about it. What what signal, what message might it have for you? Another one is um, people like you won't change unless you embrace discomfort. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a you know, I think that that's like a popular slogan these days. People like to say it. It's like people like to follow David Goggins and do the hard shit, you know, be a savage, stuff like that. Uh, but when it comes to their day-to-day practical life, they just play it safe. They, they just stay in the comfort zone. They don't make the sales call. They don't ask the girl out. Mm-hmm. They, don't get, they don't get off the couch, get to the gym. They just stay in the comfort zone. And whether people want to admit it or not, that's where your soul goes to die. So we must embrace the discount, like get comfortable getting uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Popular slogan, but very few people like to actually do it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, man, this is a big one. You know, I deal with a lot of like relational issues in therapy. So whether they're dating couples, marriages, or single dudes want to be with ladies or ladies want to be with dudes or whatever. And it's, it's this simple idea that the, we have to learn how to handle conflict better. Mm-hmm. A lot of people either are conflict avoidant or they just rush into conflict. They're just hyper aggressive. The purpose of conflict is to get to peace. You know, mm-hmm. there should be like the, per- what we, we sh- I don't run away from conflict with my wife. I'm like, let's, let's do this out so we can get to serenity. Mm-hmm. Same with my friends, my guy friends. It's, Hey man, like you have an issue with me. Let's do this out. Let's figure this out. So we could just get back on the trail and keep yep. moving forward. But a lot of people are conflict avoidant. They're passive. Um, that's another one. I see a lot. Like, man, it's crazy. Just uh, the, the simple message is this. Assertiveness is king. Passivity is your greatest enemy. Mm-hmm. Passivity kills, kills millions of souls. It, you know, and so uh, that's one of the things. Like, That's a huge percentage of what I do is teach people how to be assertive. Hey, here's where you're being passive. Why don't we take some action on this? You know, mm-hmm. uh, why do, why does, why do bad guys get the ladies? Bad guys get the ladies because bad guys know what they want and they're willing to barrel through you to get it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but what if you could be a noble dude that also had that mentality? Like mm-hmm. I will break down walls to get what I want with, and I'll be virtuous while doing it, mm-hmm. but I know what I want and I'm willing to take aggressive, assertive action steps to go get it. Yeah. Well, then you could actually really make some forward progress. Um, so there's, I mean, there's, there's a bajillion lessons I could yeah. maybe recount, well, but those are kind of the big ones. In in your book, you use the word decadence as another word that we kind of kind of like to joke around with. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was actually, I, I don't know if I've ever heard that word before I read it in your book, but that resonated with me. And like, how do you see that? Like, how how do you see that as sort of a central part of some of the the issues that I'm, I'm assuming you draw conclusions to, if you take all the people, patients that you deal with and you can uh-huh. say, well, that's a subset of people that really have deep problems, but, but maybe not, maybe that's just, that's just a reflection of what's going on generally yeah. in the world. Like where, where do you see uh-huh. decadence playing into some of the, the issues that we have in the world or, you know, maybe a right. case for how, how it's, it's difficult, I guess, particularly on, on men's on men. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think the decadence thing actually stretches out across male and female, but mm-hmm. I, I see it to a greater degree in men. De- decadence simply means uh, physical, spiritual, moral decay uh, resulting from excessive luxury, excessive comfort, excessive entertainment. So when you excessively eat ice cream, you get obese and your teeth rot. 
when you excessively engage R and R and comfort, you get your muscles atrophy. You're, you get soft, you get pudgy, your mind gets, you get dull spiritually, right? Uh, when you deviate from your disciplines, from the hard path, you, you actually get more fragile. So we're modern, modern, we don't think of ourselves as soft and pudgy and fragile, but like when you look, when you kind of take a step back mm-hmm. and you look at modern technology, modern inventions, I mean, you, you can, you, you have running water, hot water, anytime you want it. You don't have to hike 10 miles to get it. You've, you've got, uh, you can hit a button and have food delivered to your front doorstep. Three you don't times have to hunt your own food. <laughs> Three, three if times a day. If you're Sam Marks, if you're Sam Marks, three yeah. times a day. Um, you know, like you, you are probably sitting in a climate-controlled environment right now. Um, you, you, heck, we don't even have to take steps anymore. We take elevators. Uh, mm-hmm. We could, I could fly to you in a matter of hours, right? I mean, mm-hmm. just the modern technology has has made things so easy that because we're in it, we don't realize that it's easy. We just, it's become our normal, mm-hmm. but um, we no longer hunt our own food. We no longer grow our own crops. We no longer, we outsource our protection. Like I pay taxes for police officers and government officials to make sure I'm safe, mm-hmm. I, which means I'm distanced from weaponry. I'm distanced from hand-to-hand combat. These are all normal things for most of human history. You would have to protect your own damn self. Mm-hmm. Now I outsource, right? So the resulting effect, man, is we have gotten so fragile and soft that we are like we're overfed, we're overstimulated, and we're oversensitive. And I mean, you that's that, the Karen generation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Karen generation. Right? But men and female, like male uh, and female. Uh, like we're uh, just hold, hold on, hold on, John. I have a case of wine that's just being delivered to my front door. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hold on, I'm getting a pedicure. No, that was, while we that was, that was a joke, but no, seriously, two hours ago, that that, that was true. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a right? manicure, pedicure while we have this conversation. Yeah. So true, man. But uh, you know, we could. It's funny because it is funny, but but the, the overarching effect on culture is um, just it's it. Remember, it, the definition is decay. Yeah. It's moral, physical, spiritual, mental decay. Yeah. And, and because of this ease, and, and we have to be honest, like th- you can relate now to any other time in the world. And one thing that's for sure true is like, it's just way easier. We're no longer in survival mode, right? I was listening to this uh-huh. M- MMA fighter talk about it. And he's like, you know, for all of human history, for all of animal history, we've like, everything on earth has been in survival mode. Now humans are in a place where like, they're no longer in survival mode. And so now everyone's going into this meaning finding mode and meaning finding Uh is a lot more difficult than survival mode. Like survival Uh mode by by comparison is actually quite easy, but yeah, when you, when you you order food into your, um, to your house three times a day, you never need to leave. Uh You have all this abundant time just to think about maybe what's not right because everything else is served up on a literally in a, platter for you yeah i mean yeah it's a tricky discussion because you know like let's say 600 years ago you've got a dad who's got to try to go hunting and feed his family mm-hmm. for him that's really meaningful yeah so there's built there's built-in meaning mm-hmm. for and mama has to uh, collect the corn and to feed the kids or that's for her that's deeply meaningful 
Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, you're right. I think we are. That, that's another big pattern I see is so many people without meaning and purpose mm-hmm. and a man, especially men, men without deep, a gripping mission will flounder. He'll get into shit. Boredom, you know, boredom's the devil's playground. I'm the same way, man. I need like, I need a great high mission or dude, I'm off the deep end. <laughs> you know, I, I can definitely agree with that one. Yeah. So remind me, you, you had written up seven primal instincts men must fulfill. And I, I feel like it's been about a year since I read your book, but that was, I feel like a lot of that was covered in the book. Is that specifically outlined in the book or is this a new book that you're writing? Not, no, the, the book is, um, the book it basically started out as uh, kind of core virtues that I live by personally. Mm-hmm. It wasn't mm-hmm. ever meant to be a book. Mm-hmm. They were, but then I just started finding that those core virtues were helping a lot of the men that I was working with. So I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, I'll just make this a little, I made it intentionally very short and 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 simplistic because most dudes, unfortunately, most dudes don't read. Mm-hmm. So um, like you, you are kind of the exception. I mean, but most of the dudes I work with, they're not dumb. They're just like, they're just into other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I need to make a short book that guys can put on the back of their toilet and read one chapter per bowel movement <laughs> and, and, go, and gain some wisdom, you know? Um, and so that's why I did it. But they're really, they're just core values that I live by. But the, the, what you're talking about, the, um, the primal instincts, those are patterns that I've seen over years where if guys don't, if guys don't uh, tackle these categories, they tend to suffer. They tend to flounder. They tend to be unhappy. They tend to be unfulfilled. They tend to lack zeal. So, um, and the, really, they kind of, for me, they fall under, instead of seven, almost three major categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're real simple, but not, they're simple, but difficult. The first one is um, battle. Uh, so the three are battle, build, and quest. I think those are fundamental needs. Every man's got to fulfill. Uh, mm-hmm. But what I mean by battle is... I, it's my view that every man needs a great mission, a great battle to contend mm-hmm. for. Um, how do I know this? Because you know, when you look at the books and the movies that men love, they love Cinderella Man. They love Braveheart. They love Band of Brothers. They love Ma- Ma- Maverick. It's the most, yep. it's like a billion dollar top grossing film right now, right? What is it about these films? Well, you've got, a dude stepping into a heroic um, position, mm-hmm. right? And he's he's moving into danger. He's summiting the mountain. He's killing the dragon. He's defeating the Russians or whatever. He's he's got to come through. He's got to battle. There's real risk, real danger. He's being called to something that's bigger than him. It's transcendent, right? Um, and yet, I think a lot of a lot of men don't have a great battle in their life or they so they turn to halo yeah so they we can get into that in a minute but so they have to try to battle the 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 energy gets misused and they 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 don't have something grand gripping um and and so a lot of men are just they just live life casually not realizing that all of life is battle like there's a great war for your there's a great war for your relationships Mm mm-hmm if you don't assertively engage them, they will die. There's a great war for your health. If you don't strategically eat the right kinds of foods, 
There's a great war for your mental health. If you don't fill your mind with goodness and truth and wisdom, your mind will rot. That's what literally why I read all day. (laughs) Like (laughs) I have to just consume positive shit or my, you know, I go off, go off into tangents pretty quick. Yeah, man. I mean, dude, I, every, almost every week, a couple comes into my office and they're like, Oh, we're not passionate about each other anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, have you, okay, let's pull back. Have you guys been contending for each other? Like, have you put, have you put logs on the fire the last year? Have you spent quality time together? Have you, have you been, where's your sex life? Have you spent money on the relationship? Like, have you actually contended and battled for this valuable relationship? And when you look at it, they're like, no, I was, I work a hundred hours. She works 80 hours. We don't even see each other. I I'm, you know, it's like, you just look at it and you go, dude, you're not battling. You're too casual. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, Passive. people get too casual with their health. Passive. Yeah. It, 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 but it's just like you get busy with life and stuff happens. And so I get it. I'm just saying life is a great battle. And unless you battle for the hearts of your children, you're going to lose their hearts. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it works, man. It's, a, it's you know? investing. You know, it's like always bringing it back kind of the core concept of the podcast is just investing you know you just you constantly have to go back and 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 put money in that bank 100 man if you're not investing even in your peer-to-peer relationships bro like mm-hmm. you know this man how many of the how many of the guys from high school do you even talk to anymore? i have to make a, a list at the beginning of every year of my 15 20 best best friends and then i mm-hmm. just make it a point to reach out to them each month because i felt that especially over COVID, my, all my relationships are starting to slip. I'm like, I barely know these people anymore. You know, I haven't, I haven't uh-huh. chatted my best friends in two years. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, no, it's, you're absolutely right. There's a, there's a side caveat to this whole thing about battle. It's, uh, there's this scene, there's this scene in the Bible where uh, King David, he's like, he's a, he's like a warrior poet. If you ever mm-hmm. read his story and he, he's the guy who kills Goliath, right? Well, years later, he's now a king. And it says at the time kings were supposed to be at war, King David stayed back at his palace and he's on this rooftop and he sees his, he sees one of his like captain or generals, his, his, the wife is on the opposing roof and she's bathing naked. Mm-hmm. And King David, he's like, when he's supposed to be at battle, you know, killing the enemy, he's at home chilling mm-hmm. and he sees this woman and he steals this man's woman and he impregnates her. Right. So when dudes aren't engaged in battle when they <laughs> ought to be, they do they do bad shit. They they violate their own moral code. They even violate the codes of other people. Yeah. Right. So it's just interesting that it highlights he was supposed to be at war, mm-hmm. but he wasn't. When men aren't battling for something great, right? They go soft, they get weak, they get into stuff that they ought not get into. Yeah. So a man yeah. has to find people to battle for. And it's not like a lot of people aren't battling. They're battling for themselves, but that's not heroic. What's heroic is battling for other people. Braveheart's so heroic because he he's battling for the freedom of his country. Yeah. Cinderella man's battling for food on his kid's table during the Great Depression. He's laying down his life for other people. That's her- heroic. And every man has a desire to play the hero. Right. So that's one. That's the battle. Battle piece. Do you have any questions okay. about that? No, I think, you know, I'm very interested in how how to put these into practice, but I got a lot of good context from, from that kind of discussion there. So yeah, let's move into the second one. We can always circle back. Yeah. The next one's 
there's a deep need inside of men to build. And I think that's a lot of the guys that you talk to in your podcast is they're trying to build their, they're, they're trying to build their skill set. They're trying to build their resume. They're trying to build their, their assets. Right. Um, and men are happiest when they see themselves growing. Mm-hmm. A man who's not, the man who, do, who knows in the deep in his soul, he's not growing. He's not happy if, because he knows he's stagnated. He's stunted. Yep. He's, if he's not growing spiritually, if he's not growing physically, if he's not growing emotionally, if he's not growing relational, like when my wife and I will hit seasons where it's like, babe, we got to like step it up. Like we've just got, we've gotten too casual, mm-hmm. you know? So it's not, so there's this, there's this modern, this kind of this modern bullshit narrative that goes, Hey, uh, you're, you're perfect the way that you are, which is absolute bullshit. No, you're not. <laughs> No, you're, I'm not like the per, one of the main objectives of life is to grow mm-hmm. is to, is if you're the same dude, you are in f- today as you are five years from now, something's wrong. You're not growing. That's no bueno. The human soul needs to grow. We have to see ourselves growing, but we can only grow in the crucible. You can't grow in the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's this great Seneca quote. I think you probably heard me quote this, but. Seneca, the great Stoic philosopher, said, um, no man is more unhappy than he who never faces adversity, for he is not permitted to prove himself. Mm. There's, a deep, there's a deep part of us as men that wants to, to, to see if we have what it takes. Yeah, there's like that quote in The Matrix where, where they're, they're talking about you know, the first world that they created was just this blissful paradise where like nothing ever went wrong. And they're and this was these were the agents talking. The agents were like, "But you humans hated that. You needed a chaos. Uh-huh. You needed adversity. So we created this. Like, you look out and it's just like this mess. Uh-huh. Um, but it's true. It's true. Uh-huh. Yeah, we we've we've got to build. And I could say more on that, but like, I think a lot of people get to the end of their lives and they climb they climb the mountain only to figure out it was the wrong mountain. Mm-hmm. They 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 thought that status was what this was about. Or they thought that just wealth accumulation, just for the purpose of wealth, was what this is about. No, the purpose of wealth accumulation is to help humanity flourish. It's not to build your your bank account. Mm-hmm. It's to to set other people free, to do something good with the funds that you have. Yeah, it's to steward that money well and to be to be a hero, really, right? I love so it. that's yeah, man. I mean, that's the purpose of wealth. Um, and so, yeah, man, I think a lot of people, they climb the wrong, they, they climb this mountain their whole life and realize, oh shit, it's like a big, oh shit moment. But by then it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. make sure you're building wisely. And then they, they, and then, you know, you try to accumulate as much as possible until you die. And then you, you never actually did anything with it. You leave it in your inheritance to somebody uh-huh. else to, to make decisions with. Uh-huh. Absolutely, man. Um, you know, but, but then there's wise people that, they're aware of this stuff. They're building wisely. They're, they're, they're trying to be good, good managers, good stewards with their, with their wealth. And, mm-hmm. and, and so they're, they're climbing the right mountains. They're laying down their lives. People are battling for people. They're building uh, wisely. And, and I think they, they're, they're on the right trajectory. Um, the mm-hmm. last category kind of ties into a lot of this, but the category is quest. Um, this has to do with a man having a great mission, okay. a trend, like a transcendent, mission not just any old mission it's got to be transcendent which means it's it's higher it's deeper it's bigger than you all right 
Um, I, I actually don't think that adventure for men is, it's not an option. They must be on an adventure. Men without adventure will medicate. Oh, I agree totally. Medicate, you mean so- something. Could be drugs, could be gambling, yep. could yep. be All that. sex, whatever. Promiscuity, booze, uh, too much entertainment, Netflix, could be chocolate cake. It could be being obsessed with watching sports on TV. And it's like, bro, yeah. I mean, how is that progressing? How, how is that moving the needle forward for you? And, and again, is like, this is, has to be so much encoded in our DNA, right? Because life 5,000 years ago was always an adventure. Or if you go back even further than that, it's like literally uh-huh. you don't know what's around the next tree, <laughs> the next next corner. Uh, you don't know who that person is coming uh, over the hill. Like it was always daring. Every day was daring. Maybe. I mean, I get, I get where you're coming from, but like, mm-hmm. even though, you know, you've, you're the Abraham is the father of faith, you know, like Christian Christianity, Islam and, and, and Jewish culture all look to Abraham as the, the, the main guy mm-hmm. or one of the main guys. And the, even in his story, it's, Hey, he has this, he, God appears on the scene and God says, Hey, Abe, um, I want you to leave your town and follow me. And mm-hmm. Abe says, uh, well, okay, where are we going? And he says, I'm not telling you, just start walking. And he says, well, all right, cool. Like, but where are we going for real? And he says, I'm not telling you, just start walking. Move mm-hmm. into the unknown, unfamiliar territory, and I'll be with you, and I'll bless you as you go. And so Abraham grabs his cojones. He, he walks out of his village, and he goes. Mm-hmm. And he becomes the father of many nations, right? So the, there's always an invitation, but I think there's always the, there's always the temptation to stay in the familiar. Yeah. To stay in your quote unquote village. And so I think it's always been the case that humans have to decide and choose to move into unknown territory, to move into adventure, whether a thousand years ago, whether 10,000 years ago, or whether it's 2022, you have to choose it. Yeah. It's called to adventure. Don't. Yeah. It's the call to adventure. It's the call to quest. You know, you got to start before you feel ready. John, I've been, I've been thinking about this so much recently and like, the three i was thinking okay if it seems like we are coded and you you've you've touched on these and you have more the three that i was always kind of like come back to it's like all right adventure or experience adventure experience Uh it seems something in us or it's just like we need to go out and have new foods new sites adventure variety so Uh that, that like that's one there's the there's reproduction or the act of reproduction production um and then like we all seem designed to do that and then the the third one is um is is kind of like adding value or i think yours is like build um to produce to be a value to to society and like if you don't do those three and i've i I, I noticed these you know largely in myself it's like it's like nature slaps you (laughs) it's like Uh it it, and it's it's just it's odd to me like if you, you it's like the programming is of us seems to be like that, but it's also, if that's followed humanity flirt tends to flourish. It goes up in a, this, this type of direction. It's yeah. like all part of this process. I find very interesting. And like you call that God, you call that nature, but that design is pretty damn intelligent. Cause it just puts us on this path for, for progress. Yeah. I mean, I think if you, if you keep going with that line of thought, I think you end up talking about love. Mm-hmm. because okay. because love 
when you love someone or something more than you love yourself, you'll be willing to die for it, for that person or for that thing. Mm -hmm. And like, there's no greater act of love than for me to shove you out of the, out of the way of the bus and for me to get hit. Yeah. I'm sacrificing my life for you. And I think love is the ultimate objective in life. And if God is, if there is a God and God is love, it's like, and we're, we're kind of supposed to mimic that. Mm-hmm. So you said, use the word encoded. I think you're absolutely right. I think we're encoded for that, but we also have this dark side that likes to, loves to be super selfish. And it's the me monster. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it. F you guys. It's my life. Yeah. And, and it's again, like, hey, good luck with that. That seems to be, I've never, I've not uh, lived in different periods of time, but that seems to be, I'm sure that's always been around, but with, with the social media craze and it just inflates everyone's ego and the importance of, of the, the presence uh, and appearance of themselves, uh-huh. I, I tend to think that that bit's getting worse. And I, and again, drawing back to, to kind of conclusions of myself, I, I feel like that's a big missing piece in my life right now where like, I don't have a pet. Uh, I don't have children. I'm not married. You know, I love my parents, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I don't have a business really anymore. So it's like, I'm just kind of in my own world, in my own space each day. And I think that's definitely been a big thing that's missing. So when John, when you're talking to people, like, obviously this is just advice for, for anybody when you write these things mm-hmm. out and explain these, but when you're talking to people and patients specifically, are mm-hmm. you, are you kind of always identifying these things as people are talking to you? Like, what's missing and, and kind of how to apply these things in their life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you meet people where they are, but I mean, these are like kind of uh, core truths that I think most people need to be in alignment with mm-hmm. and uh, in alignment with. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, you start to see patterns, man, you know, mm-hmm. like humans are, are, are unique, but they're, we're also strangely similar, you know, um, mm-hmm. you and I both need, we both need hydration. <laughs> we both need, human interact like there's there's patterns that are that we both require so mm-hmm. yeah man i'm always keeping an eye out for some of those patterns and trying to but also trying to uh, you know meet people with language that yeah. they can swallow appreciate it well listen i mean i think this type of of knowledge like being able to aggregate and draw trends and lines to to humanity and how to improve ourselves and feel better about ourselves um it's like this whole line of work is super, super interesting. I think it adds so much value to humanity. It's great when, when people like yourself get out of just the practice and start taking the knowledge and putting it out there to a, to a larger audience. I think that's, uh-huh. that's in- incredible. Um, yeah. Super fun, man. What we want to tell everyone a little bit more about your book, where they can find it and then anything else that you got coming up or that you're working on. Uh, yeah. Books on Amazon. It's called primal virtues for the modern man between you and me, I don't really keep track of it. It's just on there. I, I have other things going on. So if you want to get the book, go get it, put it on the back of your toilet, thumb through chapters as you, as you use the toilet. Um, I think it'll encourage men hmm. projects I'm working on. Um, right now I'm facilitating two different, uh, kind of like experiential options for men. They're mm-hmm. just for men. Uh, one is, um, I offer a, a three day mountain intensive course that focuses on, teaching basic survival skills in the mountains. Um, we also, also incorporate some, some therapeutic techniques and, mm-hmm. uh, I keep it small. I max it out at 12 dudes. And the, the real, the main objective is to sharpen men. Um, there's a, there's a quote by Nietzsche. He said, 
he said, society tames the wolf into a dog and man is the most domesticated animal of all. So the goal is to become undomesticated and to get returned to some of these primal survival instincts and the ways of thinking and also to garner brotherhood while we're doing it and to summit some mountains to be in nature to see beauty and to get some mentoring and coaching Mm -hmm. which by the way we should get a bunch of investors and and launch uh, go do something like that on sometime um so that's one thing that's called the promo course the other another thing i'm doing is i saw a real need over the years to uh, to help initiate men into into masculinity a lot of dudes are effeminate. They're soft. They don't. They weren't raised by strong men. They were raised by moms or feminine school teachers, and that just wasn't the case for me. Uh, I was raised by my my parents. My father's a strong dude. Uh, went to military academy. Served under some great men who've gone on to be generals and and navy uh, navy admirals and destroyer captains and apache pilots and infantrymen and snipers and, and kill units and navy seals mm. those are the kind of guys i i was around for years and so i saw a need and so the, the the rite of passage is real simple it's a 60 to 90 day program where do weekly coaching mentoring guys are engaged in physical challenges uh, we meet up typically uh, every three to four weeks it culminates in a final 24 to 48 hour crucible, which is a mixture of psychological training, mental toughness training, physical adversity. Uh, we, we teach hand-to-hand combat. So guys walk around with some psychological development or they, they walk away with psychological development and, and some physical skills that they'll take into the future. Massive confidence boost. And they're part of a network and a brotherhood from that day forward. Uh, so it's, it's been a blast. I love doing it. It's, it's hard. I mean, like it, I'm usually wrecked for three days after I finish one of those crucibles, uh-huh. but, um, <laughs> but I love it. And it's just the beginning. It's all, it's all kind of continuing to grow. I love it, man. Good work. Well, we'll leave links uh, to everything in the show notes and especially the book. And um, if you have any more material on the, on this course that you're putting together, do people need to come, they need to be local for all of it or some of it? Uh, I, I have no. So the mountain course is open. I've got guys flying in from all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the rite of passage course is mostly local, but I also have guys flying in from out of state. If they're willing to commit, I'll, you know, if they're all in then cool. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately I need to figure out a way to get more guys involved, but, you know, I think a lot of stuff these days is virtual and mm-hmm. pe- I'm a, I'm a up close and personal guy. Mm-hmm. I need to, I think a lot of us are, and we've got to figure out how to, how to get that done. So uh, if I would say, if guys want to know more and learn more about, just follow, follow my Instagram page. It's primal yeah. virtues. Um, I put a lot of free content out just to encourage men in, in particular. So that'll also give you updates on some of the other courses that I offer. And we got to get out of this decadence of video calls, this passivity, get out there, right. shake some hands, give some hugs. That's right. Sl- slap some faces. Pe- <laughs> slap on a couple arm bars, you know? Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Uh, John, appreciate you and your work, man. We're looking forward to releasing this episode and uh, keep us posted on any new stuff that you're working on. I will, man. I appreciate you having me on, bro. Amazing interview, Sam. It's been a while since you've actually done an interview. It's been a few weeks. So 
What? Like you're a little rusty, but sounded good. Um, I do have one note though. One one oh, little man. point of contention. Uh oh. Okay. Uh, do you remember a few weeks ago? I sent an email to you guys and I said, "Hey, uh, we use Zoom for our calls, and Zoom now has a forty-minute time limit on the free version. So I'd highly suggest that you guys upgrade your Zoom to." the premium version so you can talk as long as you want on your interviews and (laughs) did you take that advice sam derek i know you're upset about this (laughs) but i i I have to say not only did this happen on this episode but it's also going to happen on the next episode that i just recorded (laughs) with med favor (laughs) i knew i keep it i keep trying to keep this behavior yeah I expect this behavior from Johnny, Sam. I don't expect <laughs> this from you. If you guys aren't aware, Zoom costs, I don't know, about $100 US for the year. And I got my two investing aficionado partners that refuse to invest in their own business. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, take it up with the Patreons, man. Patreon subscriptions are down like 30%. <laughs> Actually, I think Patreon subscriptions are falling in parallel to the stock market. I think it's correlated it with the stock market. Actually. I think we could run a chart and they would look very comparable. It's correlated so. <laughs> stock market. So we're, we're down on Patreon stuff. And um, for that reason, I haven't, I haven't upgraded to Zoom. Is it just AKA, like Zoom Basic or is it Zoom AKA, Premium? he has no excuse. Anyways. We need to add that to your growth plan. I'm going to talk to Jonathan uh, about this and I we're going wor- to work on this. Yeah, exactly. I keep trying to keep these interviews to under 40 minutes and they like just go over by five minutes and it's like, ah, oh, it's embarrassing. I got to like <laughs> send them an email when it gets cut off, like jump back on this link. <laughs> well, we have an interview coming up with a billionaire, a certified billionaire. So I hope that oh, doesn't happen gosh. on that interview. All it's right. going to be Johnny. I hope it does happen. Actually, it'll be hilarious. That'll be three. That'll be three in a row because it's this one, my oh, favorite, man. and then and then uh, Johnny's. Yeah. Oh, you see, guys, so... you guys see what I got to deal with out here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, though, I love the interview. Seriously, though, because a lot of good stuff, a lot of stuff that you know was relatable to me, and I think you as well. We've it's it's nothing new if you've been listening to iLab, especially in the last year or so that. Um, kind of a lot of issues that I think we've all been uh, top of mind on. And I think this helps give a little bit more clarity about, you know, what, what we can do about that stuff. Should we, should we touch off on those three virtues? You want to hit those? Yeah. I mean, we, we can run through them. I think, I think we hit them pretty well in the book and maybe like relate it back to I, look, all this stuff I think is true. Right. And when you sit back and think about your own life and experiences, I mean, my, just like two episodes ago on a quarterly update, Johnny and I were talking, like we basically never leave our house anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, boom, spot on. Like we're ordering food in. Um, I'm literally getting a, like 20 top notch bottles of wine delivered to my place every month. Um, everything's just turnkey. I have my gym. That's, that's literally on my same block that has a sauna. I don't even work out anymore. I just go to the gym and sit in the sauna for 30 minutes and call it a day. <laughs> like, Life is, is insanely easy. And so I think some of the, the struggles that I've dealt with over the last couple of years, accelerated by COVID was just like so much time to think. I'm not in survival mode anymore. And I'm not even in like in the most basic way, but also in financial way. And I'm not, I'm not stressing about 
finances anymore where like paychecks are going to come from. So I'm like, your mind is adapted to surviving and surviving is all about problem solving. And so it looks for problems to fix. And when things are like good in your life and just smooth, I think the brain has a tendency to try to find a problem, even though a problem doesn't really necessarily exist there relative to, to other pro- to, to real problems. I wanted to touch on this too. So I think I do a little bit of the opposite. I, I'm not saying my life is hard by any means, but I, mm-hmm. I think I purposely go out of my way to make it a little bit more difficult because I've listened to a lot of people talk about things like this. You know, there's like like the cold water plunges in the mornings. People do a lot of that stuff or even just take like a cold shower just to shock your body. And yeah. it's really good for like your mind and things like, like you said, you get like food delivered. So one of my side hustles is actually delivering food to people. And you know what? <laughs> I don't do food delivery at all. I hate it. First of all, it costs more. The food tastes like crap when you get it. It's cold or it's just all mushed together or whatever it is. I'd rather take the time to cook my own like meal. I've gotten really into cooking lately, which I, I always kind of enjoyed. But now I really like it because it's, it's almost like an escape for me because I get to focus on that and, you know, like make good stuff. And it's, I enjoy like kind of going out of my way, even just simple things like, you know how, if you go to like a store, someone wants to park at the very front parking spot and they'll wait Mm -hmm. like five minutes to get that front spot. I don't care. I'll park in the back and I'll take that extra walk. Like just stupid little stuff like that. Or even like, like um, I like to work out a lot. I like to run and I force myself to do that every single day. And just to, even if I'm like sore and I don't want to get up and move, like I just, I, I do little things like that. My life is still easy as hell. I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> Damn, I, dude. I, like I you, should, if, you should write a book. You should write, <laughs> you should write a book on how, how, how tough the hustle is. Seriously. And, uh, <laughs> but if For you just 10 do, years, I parked, I parked, I parked in the back of the parking back. lot. <laughs> but if you just do little stuff like that, it's even something I swear. There's people that are just so lazy and like, just will try to find the easy way out of every yeah. single thing. And I think if you just you kind of think in your head just a little bit, just to make stuff a little bit more difficult, it's actually more yeah. Uh, fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like we've talked about kind of keeping luxury and balance. Like even if you have the means and disposal, it's like you fly first class every single time. And then for some reason you fly economy or you're forced to fly economy, like on a flight and you're just like miserable the whole time. But if you just balance, it's like, Hey, occasionally I fly on a crappy airline and like have a terrible seat and I do it instead of trying to spoil myself, like flying premium economy or business every single time. Same with like hotels, you know, sometimes I just decide to stay at a really shitty hotel because it makes all the other better experiences better. And it keeps you a little bit more grounded, I think. Uh, but that's, this goes back to the point of decadence. It's like, we, we kind of live and strive for a life of just decadence, just luxury, easy living. And I don't think any of that's good for us. It's what we all want, but you know, humans often do not know what's actually good for them. I think this is a pretty general point there. Yeah. And I also like his, his like escaping. He said, you need, you feel the need to escape and go out in nature. And that's one of the reasons I'm going to Zion this weekend is because Mm -hmm. you just, you get settled, especially in a city. I I go insane. (laughs) Honestly, I got to get out every once in a while and do something else, even if it's an hour away or whatever it may be, just something to get out of the city, out of the rat race, out of the the insanity of humans. (laughs) Yeah. So I love this. I love this program that he's doing. And it's in the Blue Ridge in North Carolina. It's like a three-day kind of 
basically like a survivals course. And he was telling me, we were catching up after the episode and he was telling me about some of the, like the agenda there. Dude, it's, it's awesome. Like hiking up to, uh, I don't want to spoil it all, but there's yeah. a lot of very unique experiences on that. A lot of like, you know, hiking in the middle of the night with just a headlamp by yourself and having to get from like point A to point B. Like, have you ever been in a forest at night by yourself, Derek? I have. I actually, I've gotten lost in the woods before and that is like freaky. <laughs> and it sucks. Really? At night? Yeah. At night or? Like when it was getting dark and then it got real dark and I was, yeah. I was lost. Yeah. Man, that, dude, that is, that is an experience everyone needs to have. Like go, go sleep in the woods by yourself. You hear so many noises that you're like, what is that noise? You what was that? What was you this? You swear, like you swear a pack of tigers are about to pounce on you. <laughs> any second. It is so scary, man. I had to do that when I was 15. I went to this, this kind of like youth camp and they put us all out. We had, they marched us all out like a kilometer away from each other. Uh, Blue Ridge Mountains, North Carolina. All we had was a tarp. And of course, like some of us sneaked like a pocket knife and like matches and stuff. But mm -hmm. I mean, dude, when that, when the sun goes down and I was so scared, like I just massive fear for like, I did not sleep a course at all. I was just wide eyed. You can't see anything. And you just hear like footsteps all around you. Who knows how big those are? I mean, it could just be like a squirrel or a deer, yeah. but it sounds like it's a bear and you're it like, does, yeah. just hugging the tree. Like hope it doesn't smell me or like, you know, it's super scary. And but if you live in a city experience. too, you don't realize how dark it gets at night outside. It's yeah. like pitch black, dark. You can't see anything. Think about, you know, we we're so out of touch with, with reality and nature. Like think of, ancient ancestors before lights think of before lights awful they, and, and, but think of yeah and think of before i mean think of before like civilization when we were like all forest dwellers every night when the sun goes down what do you see you see a you see the galaxy man you see the yeah. universe you see gazillions of stars and you're sitting there like wondering what is all this man this is so magical now we just have led lights in our face till 3 a.m when we when we can't fall or, asleep and take we, xanax we put our led star roof on in our rolls royce and drive down the street <laughs> oh i just bought an led star roof um lamp for my for my guest room and i go nice. in there every night and i turn it on it's really cool it's like it's you know it's, like it's, it's, it's stands it's rated metaverse. age it's yeah it's rated metaverse. age age like seven to nine or something i was like perfect, perfect for me for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's great now nah, anyways um so back to the the idea for the event so john's hosting these every quarter now up in the, and he's doing it, you know, small groups. It's basically like three day survival course, but it's also like a therapy thing. You know, you talk about a lot of deep stuff. You do some really, you know, do some really cool adventure stuff. And we were, we were talking, saying like, we should do this as a, as a iLab meetup, like a private one. iLab meetup, get a group of six to eight people together and we'll just go do like a kind of a hardcore adventure survival things in the woods. That'd I think that'd be a badass awesome. meetup, you know? Yeah. I would love that for sure. No projector ski screens, no stock charts, <laughs> no cryptocurrency. <laughs> I like that whole idea. Um, a couple of things I want to talk about that he brought up. Some, so some of the quotes he said that I really liked. He said, pain is what teaches people. So today is, is all about pain avoidance. And that's what really kind of screws us up. So I, I totally agree with that. Like we avoid pain, like the plague, but plague is, I'm sorry, <laughs> pain is actually really good for us, but people don't realize that. And we don't put that together. 
Yeah. I mean, I think there's like some insane statistic. Don't quote me on this, but it's like 30% of American adults are on some sort of like antidepressant or pain pills. Yeah. That's, that's not good. That's not, <laughs> yeah. I think mean, some people think that is good and who knows it's different schools of thoughts, right? It's like, Hey, these are people that need help and this helps them. Maybe that's like part of the progress of man is like, we're supposed to just create tools and utilities to fix things. But yeah, I think we're too quick to, be able to get to the, yeah, you got to get to the bottom of, you got to get to the bottom of the root, the root cause of the stuff and understand that some of that pain and that confusion or depression or whatever is like, it helps you, you go through it and you emerge higher on the other side. It's like a wave in a trough, right? It's just like the rhythm of life. And he said, you also, you know, you won't change unless, unless you face that, that pain or you embrace hard shit. And if, if you're just taking a pill and seemingly you feel better, you actually never actually embrace what you are fighting. You're just kind of putting up a wall against it, really. Yeah. Are you on antidepressants, Derek? <laughs> um, <laughs> you too? I'm on, I'm, on, I'm on wine that is probably about a quarter of the price of your wine. <laughs> okay, yeah, that helps. Um, I believe that's called medicating. I think we're medicating. We're self-medicating. Yes, it's true. Other than that, though, I've never been a pill guy. I just, I don't get it. Um, the, I guess the most exposure to pills I had is I like shattered my ankle about 10 years ago. And mm. you know how easy it was for the doctors just go, oh, take some Vicodin, take this, take that, take that. And like nonstop yeah. refills. I couldn't believe how easy it was really. And I took it a couple of times and I just felt so out of it. Like I couldn't even... I couldn't focus, which was a good thing and a bad thing where I was just kind of in my yeah. own world and out of it. And I hated it, but I, I understand that there's a portion of people, I don't know, 10 to 20% of people that take that. And it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to them. Yeah. I think it depends a lot on your chemistry, like your body chemistry, what, what reacts well. Like some people love THC and some people end up in the emergency room like myself. So <laughs> <laughs> one other thing I wanted to bring up, that's kind of, really relevant to today. Uh, he called it the Karen generation where everybody's got soft and we don't have real problems, but we, we make real problems out of non problems. I don't know if you're seeing that as much in Spain where you're spending most of your time now, Sam, but it is borderline out of control here. I think the tide's starting to turn, but I mean, as, as great as in how easy things seem in America, we do have real problems and they're not focused mm -hmm. on at all because problems are made out of things that are not problems. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think that the media, like the news and social media is responsible for a lot of the problems in the world right now. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just too much comparison and there's too much narrative going on. That's you, you can't almost can't avoid if you have a phone or a computer and you're connected to the internet, but in Spain, it's um, it's Spain's a, a really kind of weird place where like the, the two leading metrics don't make sense, which are in divorce rates, the divorce rates highest in the world, which would indicate like a lot of stress, unhappiness, you know, conflict, but then the longevity, life longevity is the longest. They just passed Japan longest life longevity. It's like, it's weird. And they, they have bad diets. They eat ham, cheese, they smoke cigarettes and they all drink a lot. 
it's it's kind of weird but they, they everyone walks you know and they try not right. to stress i mean it seems like they're very like passive and they just don't stress and they're very family oriented here although i think, I think rates the highest in the world. Right, yeah. another well, contradictory the family, point Jeez. the family gets bigger as you get an ex, uh, another yeah. spouse so, um, yeah um i think obesity and stress is a huge thing uh we do just uh what episode or two ago we talked about the food system in the u.s it's really messed up the obesity rate is yeah. huge our stress level is inflated because, because there's not a lot to be stressed about honestly in life here but people stress them some, themselves out still so i think you're on to something but yeah the smoking and the wine thing doesn't add up which we've turned we've turned smoking into enemy number one here like if you saw if you saw someone smoking a cigarette and then some, I don't know, someone speeding over the speed limit, you know, or doing something horrible. I don't know. Think of something horrible. The person with the cigarette would be like the first person you'd want to attack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, how could you? How yeah. could you? And again, <laughs> in Spain, everyone smokes tobacco. It's like made a massive comeback. All the youths are smoking it. Like you see 16 year olds hang outside all day smoking cigarettes. It's, it's bizarre. And it's such a normal thing here. No one, no one bats an eye at it. Oh, so, side side point. Talking about the USA, you know which city has really really nice people. You'll never guess it, but so take a guess, but you won't guess it. <laughs> um, I, anywhere in the Midwest, most people big are city. pretty nice. Big city, big city, northeast. northeast. That's why you wouldn't guess it, right? No one assumes nice people in the northeast. Yeah, honestly, I love people in New York. I think people in New York are awesome because they're direct and to the point, which he brought up as well too. But what yeah. do you got? Philadelphia. Philly. I was just talking to someone who's moving to Philly like this weekend. Uh, they're going to college out there. Um, they're at mm -hmm. one of uh, this event that I host. And I was like, I love Philly. I've only yeah. gone once. It's grimy. It's nasty. Um, it's old. <laughs> But it's cool. I like it. Well, I, I've never been to Philly. I just transited through the airport, connected through the airport. And I was like, oh, gosh, I start my trip back to the States with a connection through Philly. Jeez. <laughs> and everyone at the, at the airport was so nice. They were yeah. super sweet. Yeah. I thought I kept thinking I was in Greenville because Greenville is like the nicest people in the U.S. Um, and I was like, I kept thinking I was there because everyone was so nice. And I'm like, what the hell am I in Philly? <laughs> This is weird. Yeah. So shout no, out Philly's Philly. a cool town. I like the I like the whole Northeast in general. People are direct to the point. They tell it like it is. I think I think Jonathan even brought that up too. Um, oh, and they're like the, they won't avoid conflict. And he, the, another thing he said that was like, um, why do assholes always win? And that could be like one thing that you know they're direct. They're to the point. They know what they want. Where they're not beating around the bush and just kind of really vague with everything. So I thought that was a good point. And also like to relate it back to us politics like why did donald trump win or someone like that because yeah. he just tells it like it is and people really respect that today at least because there's so many people that don't do that i, I have two good i wouldn't say i'm good for well good yeah i have two business colleagues that are biggest assholes and they get all the girls like i yep. won't even go have 100%. a beer with them it's sick it's sick <laughs> like and they don't even like talk they're not even like super good looking guys yep. it's something just about their their like, I don't know what it is. It's like uh, girls just approach them out of nowhere. I'm like, I feel like such a loser. Dude, I know what you're talking about. And then, yeah. And it makes you feel and like crap like, because like, why they, would you hang out with this person? And then it works every time for them. It's, it's really yeah. frustrating, but he's onto something there though. But he's, he's, he's not saying do that. He's saying 
you could be a good person and still have kind of that swag or, or that, you know, confidence, yeah. which it's, I feel like when, when you find that though, and you see that in a person, they're just the worst human being ever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be virtuous. Nice guys. Who cares about girls? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Just a quick review on those three points that Sam and Jonathan brought up. We got battle build and quest. So, that is your mission this week, bosses, to figure out your battle, build, and quest. The book is called Primal Virtues for the Modern Man. Jonathan Rios is the author. I'll put a link up to it in the show notes if you guys want to check it out. Sam's read the book. Obviously, I think he recommends it. Um, anything else, Sam? That's it. Look forward, actually, to next week's episode. It's going to be great and very timely. We're going to talk about inflationary investing with references back to the 70s and I think the 40s with uh, previous guest, Meb Faber. So look forward to that episode. It's already been recorded, and I'm pretty stoked with some of the information that came out to help us kind of hedge against this, uh, this odd time in the investing world. Yeah, and if you guys want to check out his first appearance on iLab after listening to this episode and you need a little buffer in between next week's episode, way back in iLab 15. Do you know what year that was, Sam? Uh, 2015? 16? 2016. I listened to an older episode recently and you guys sounded way different. (laughs) Those are some of the best episodes because that was like us the first 25 episodes, like we have to figure out all these key fundamental bits about investing. We try to find the best guests for each topic. And that episode with Meb was an OG episode trying to craft the perfect portfolio and gave us really kind of our first hardcore lesson in like how to model our index funds. So great episode. If you haven't heard it, go back and check it out. I'd personally like to think some of the Invest Like a Boss episodes we're the best after I join, but you know, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> put, it up, put it up to a pool in Boston. Don't take our right. word for it. Before I get out on a tangent, why don't we get out of here? Uh, looking forward to that episode. Thanks, Jonathan, for coming on the show. Sam, I hope you enjoy Barcelona and all the good wine. I'm going to head out to Zion and Vegas. And we got a couple of Vegas episodes coming after Meb comes on the show. That's all I got, Sam. Love it. Have fun in Vegas. Take lots of uh, photos and keep us posted on how those, um, those tours go. It should be really fun. Awesome. See you bosses next week. Thanks for listening to the Best Like a Boss podcast. Join our mailing list at bestlikeaboss.com to get exclusive access to our insider investment folios and our private members forum. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends and leave us a review in the iTunes store. It helps more than you know. See you guys next week.